Ashley Brock reading Dolores Fawson's book, Cad, chapter 14, and I'm going to warn you ahead of time, this chapter is rated R, so no one under the age of 18. Cad sat on the foot of his bed and waited for Bree to finish her shower. She'd been in there a while, and he figured she wouldn't end it any time soon, probably because she was trying to work out what had happened. Cad could still see the look on Bree's face when Coop had demanded her badge and when she handed it to him. Coop had given her no choice, but that didn't mean Bree wasn't hurting, and Cad was hurting for her. The badge was a big part of who they were, and it had no doubt cost her big time to surrender it. Cad could also still see Bree's face when he suggested they get married. The timing had sucked, of course, and, it, and he hadn't meant to blurt it out like that, but it was something that had been on his mind since he first arrived at the ranch. While marriage of convenience didn't sound ideal, it was a way for both of them to raise Leah and not have to deal with split custody. Still, he made it seem more like a business merger rather than a proposal. The question was, would Bree take him up on it? He groaned, moved his laptop to the nightstand, and dropped back on the bed. Cad was too afraid to close his eyes even for a minute because as tired as he was... He might fall asleep. To say the day had been long was a massive understatement. It wasn't just the proposal. There had been the meeting with Jamie, the shooting and her disappearance from the hospital, the confrontations with both Anthony and Coop, followed by SAPD recovering those backups. They are in the process of reviewing them, and the sergeant had told Cad that once they finished the initial review, the backups would be delivered to the ranch by courier in a couple of hours. Take more than a couple of hours to go through them all. Maybe all night. That's why Brienne had gone ahead with the video call to Grayson and Leah before he shot her shower. Their daughter had slept through the entire call, but it's been it been good to see her precious little face when the bathroom door opened. Cad snapped back up and tried to look alert. Suddenly, it wasn't that hard to do when he caught sight of Bree. Fresh from her shower, her hair was damp, her face too, and the heat and steam had put color back in her cheeks. No pink PJs, but she was wearing a pink bathrobe that hit well above her knees. Darcy must have a thing for pink clothes, Bree said apologetically, obviously, and even though it wasn't Bree's usual color, it looked good on her, too good especially the parts of her that the robe didn't cover. Those parts were the ones that latched onto his attention. Darcy said it was okay to check her closet. Bree fluttered her hand toward the doorway. So I thought I'd like I look for a pair of jeans. She took a she took a step step but then stopped, stared at him. Is something wrong? Is there a problem with the backups? No problem. He stood in to give his hand something to do. He crammed them into his jeans pockets. They should be here in a couple of hours. Hours. There's then plenty of time to do something about whatever it was that was happening between them. Bree nodded. Cad figured the best thing to do would be to keep his distance from Bree. The air between them was changing, heating up from the, from warm to hot. He blamed it in part on the clingy bathrobe, but the truth was Bree could be wearing anything and he would have had the same reaction. Heck, he'd reacted to her while they were undercover. She stood there, staring at him. Waiting, maybe? Cat didn't make her wait long. He started toward her just as Bree started toward him. He pulled her into his arms. The kiss was instant, hungry, as if they were starved for each other. That wasn't too far from the truth. Cat had wanted her for a long time. Now, he's back just a fraction to make sure she wasn't planning to stop this. She wasn't.
Bree hooked her arms around him and pulled Cad right back to her. The fire slammed through him. The need, too. And he knew he had lost any chance of looking at this with a reason and consequences. Sex wasn't about reason. It was about the burning need to take this woman that had turned him inside out. Cad, she whispered with her mouth against his, wasn't a soft romantic purr either. There was an urgency to it. <laughs> Something Cat understood because he felt the same urgency. They fell backward onto the bed, and the kiss co continued. So did the fight to hit closer, body to body. Cat took those kisses to her neck and lower. He snapped open the robe and kissed her breasts. Bree arched her back, moving closer, and she made a sound of pure feminine pleasure. A sound that kicked up the urgency and notch. Now, Bree insisted. She meant it, too. She went after his shirt, pulling the buttons from their holes and shoving it off his shoulders. It was easier for Cad. All he had to do was pull off that rope, and underneath was a naked woman. Well, almost. Bree wore just a pair of white panties, and Cad would have quickly rid her of those if she hadn't played dirty. She ran her hand down his bare chest, to his stomach, and below. That crazy, frantic touch let him know exactly what she wanted. Cad turned her, rolled her, rolling on top of her so he could work his way out of his jeans. Bree didn't help with that either. She kept kissing him, kept touching, till he was certain he'd go crazy. But somehow he managed to get off his boots and wrangler jeans. Hold that thought. He mumbled when she dropped some kisses on his chest. He leaned across the nightstand and took out a condom. Good thing he remembered. With the fire burning his mind and body, and with Bree pulling him closer and closer, he was surprised he could remember anything, including his name. Bree pulled him back to her the moment he had the condom on, and Cat landed with his body on hers. Perfect. Or not. Bree maneuvered herself on top, and in the same motion, she took him, took him inside her. No more frantic touches or kisses. Both stilled a moment, and their gazes met. Cat saw the surprise in her eyes and figured she saw it in his. He expected this to be good, but not this good. This felt like a lot more than sex. She started to move, rocking against him and creating the contact they needed to make that fire inside him flame high. The need built, little by little, which he drove the strokes inside her. However, even though his sex haze mind, Cat took a moment to savor the view. Oh, man. Bree was beautiful. He'd known that, of course, but this was like a fantasy come true. She pushed herself against him, harder and faster, till Cad felt her shatter. His own body was on the edge, begging for release. But still, he watched her. He watched as Bree went right over the edge. Cad, she said, this time it was a purr, a purr, and he gathered her in his arms, pushed into her one last time and let himself go. Bree Cat couldn't catch her breath. She wasn't sure she cared about such things as breathing. Every part of her was on fire, but yet slack and sated, at peace. Strange. She thought that sex with Cad would cause immense pleasure, followed by the feeling that they just screwed things up worse than they already were. Well, the pleasure had been immense, all right. Maybe it would take a while for the screwed-up feeling to set in. But for now, she would just pretend that all was right with the world while they lay there naked in each other's arms. Cad made a lazy, satisfied sound, a rumble deep within his throat, and as if it were something they did all the time, he pulled her against him and kissed her. The moment was magic. 
perfect, and even though Bree tried to keep the doubts and demons at bay, she couldn't stop the thoughts from coming. Well, one thought, anyway. What now? She couldn't accept his marriage proposal. Yes, she cared for Cad, was hotly attracted to him, and vice versa, but that wasn't the basis for a real marriage. For that matter, neither was the fact that they had a child together. Cad made another of those sounds, gave her another kiss. I'll be right back. And he headed into the bathroom. The walk there was interesting, and she got a good look at his backside. Oh, yeah, the man was hot. That body appealed to her in a down-and-dirty kind of way. Too bad the rest of him appealed to her as well, because this could lead to a crushed start for her with that miserable idea now in her head. Bree got up, located her bathroom, and slipped into one, into it. She was trying to locate her panties when the bathroom door opened, and Cad came back in the room. Naked, she got a good front of you this time, and went all hot again. Mercy, she just had him. How could she want him this much again so soon? His eyebrows lifted and not in an approving way at the bathrobe. The backups will be arriving soon, she reminded him. It was the truth, but it was the fear of a crushed heart that her putting on the terry cloth armor. He frowned, walked to her, and pulled her back onto the bed. Cat also slipped his hand into the robe and cupped her breast. We have at least another hour, he drawled. My suggestion, we stay naked. Reed laughed before she could stop herself. Just like that, the moment was perfect again. No doubts, no worries of hearts. Cad sealed the moment with another of those searing, mind-drawing kisses that reminded her that, yes, they were indeed naked, or almost. He shoved open the rub, robe and kissed his way down from her mouth to her stomach. At first, Bree thought the sound was the buzzing in her head, but when Cad cursed, she realized it was his phone. He rolled off the bed, grabbed his jeans from the floor, jerked out his phone. He glanced at the screen and shook his head. The caller blocked the number. Cad mumbled. And he put the call on speaker. Special Agent Ryland. Agent Ryland, the person answered. And with just those two words, Bree's blood turned to ice because it wasn't a normal voice. The caller was speaking through a voice grambler. Who is this? Cad demanded. Someone you're going to make in an hour at the full black clinic in San Antonio. The voice sounded like a cartoon character, making it impossible to recognize the speaker. But that didn't mean she couldn't figure out who it was. After all, there were many people who would make it a demand like that. The Fulbright clinic, Fulbright, is closed, Cad reminded the caller. It's an abandoned building now. Yes, the caller paused. That's exactly why it's a good place for us to meet. Show up in one hour alone, just you and Bree, and when you come, bring those missing surveillance backups with you. Cad glanced back at her and groaned softly. This was no doubt one of their suspects, but which one? McClint Denon, Anthony, Jamie, Room for bed, Coop. We don't have the backups, Cad said. Yes, but you can get them from SAPD, and trust me, it'll be in your best interest to get them and bring them to me at the clinic. The caller didn't raise his voice, didn't change his infliction, but the threat slammed through her. Leah, she mouthed. Cad shook his head, pulled her down to him, and whispered in her hair. Grayson would have called if something had gone wrong with Leah. True, if something had gone wrong with Grayson, too. Maybe the missing shooter or one of the suspects had gotten into the state and was holding them all captive. Call him. Cad whispered and he pointed to the house phone on the nightstand next to Cad's laptop, and he mouthed the number. It won't do you any good to try to trace this call, the boys on the phone said. Prepaid cell and I'll toss it once we're done here. 
Bree kept one ear turned, tuned to what was being said, but she grabbed the house phone and went to the other side of the room. Grayson answered on the full string. Is Leo okay? She whistled. Of course. Why? What's wrong? The breath swished out of Bree, and the relief nearly brought her to her knees. Are you alright? Is there anyone there threatening you? Not a chance. Ah, this place locked up tight with night and date standing guard. Why? Bree couldn't get into details, mainly because she had to figure out what exactly the details were. We might have a problem. Cad will call you when he can. She hung up so that they could finish puzzling the puzzling call. Leah's okay, she relied in a whisper to Cad. The relief was quick and obvious. Give me one reason, he said to the caller, why Bree and I would meet you and give you evidence. One reason, the person repeated. Oh, I have a big one reason. Well, actually a small one, but I think it'll be a very big reason to bring you. Check your email. Bree's heart was still pounding like crazy. She wanted to dismiss all this as some kind of ploy, but that didn't stop cadding her from moving toward his laptop. It was already on, so he clicked into his email and found a new one with an attachment. Click into the link in the attachment, the caller ordered. Cad did, and the link took them to an online video, one with very poor quality. It appeared to be a dark room, so dark that Bree couldn't make out anything. Let me move closer to the camera, the caller said. There was a sound of footsteps, still no light. But as the footsteps got louder, she could just make out the image of someone, an adult. The person was cloaked in black, maybe a cape with a hood, and the person was seated, seated in a chair. He or she was holding something. Bree drew in her breath, waited, and zoomed in on whatever was in the person's arms. Oh, God, here was a baby. Leah, she practically screamed when she saw the baby's face. It's not her. Cat say, but he didn't sound good. It's some kind of trick. Yes, Bree forced herself to remember that. Grayson had just told her that Leah was all right. Cat's brother wouldn't have lied, and he hadn't sounded under duress when he answered her. No trick, the caller assured them. The cartoon voice sounded small. But the baby isn't Leah. Bree shook her head. It was a real baby, all right, dressed in a pink dress and wrapped in a pink blanket. And she was asleep, but Bree could see the face, a face identical to Leah's. Confused, the color mark. Well, I've been keeping a little secret, and the secret is the reason you'll both come alone to the clinic and bring me those tapes. Whose baby is that? Cat demanded. The color yours, yours and Bree's, he corrected. What? What? Bree managed to say. She had no choice but to drop down onto the bed. Cat didn't look too steady on her. What do you mean? I mean, seven weeks ago, Bree gave birth to identical twin girls. Oh, God? Bree mumbled, and because she didn't know what else to do, she kept repeating it. She stared at the face, at the shadows, and could only shake her head. What was going on? Here's the bottom line, the caller continued, the horrible voice pouring through the room. If you don't want your second daughter to be sold on the black market, then you'll be here alone at the clinic in one hour. I'll trade the baby for the black ups. End of chapter 14.